it's getting to be quite tumultuous out there. Next on Principles and Policies. Welcome to today's edition of Principles and Policies. I'm your host, Barry Sheets, the Executive Director of the Institute for Principles Policy. And along with me today is our co-host, Vice Chairman of the Institute, my fellow analyst and very good friend, Chuck Michaels. It's good to be back with you, Barry. You know, your statement is interesting because it's both, both figuratively and literally because of we're sitting here watching a uh, what could be a thunderstorm trying to blow up. And right. That, that will uh, that goes along. It's Thursday. April the 8th, 2021, we're uh, recording for our ten, uh, April the 10th broadcast. Um, and, uh, yeah, it looks like it, it could get tumultuous out there. Uh, that, that's that been the prediction. It is mm-hmm. April in Ohio. Uh, there's What's the old adage? April f- showers bring May flowers. Well, we haven't had any decent rain in how long? Yes. Uh Oh my! Well, I'm Weeks. trying to think. It's been it's been quite a while. And the last time we had rain, it was I I don't know about here, but in our area, it created some massive flooding. So you know, we when it they say when it rains, it pours. That's right. Well, it's kind of sad. And yeah, I used the word tumultuous mainly. Well, initially because we were sitting here getting ready to start up, and all of a sudden things started banging around and trees started bending because the wind was blowing pretty hard. But then I got to looking uh, at what was going on in the media right now, and just that word just seems to be tumult. Yes, tumult. And then you said we we have a thunderstorm brewing. We do. Well, actually, we, we have, have a, a hurricane. We brewing. have a cultural hurricane <laughs> yeah. brewing right now on multiple uh, storm fronts. Um, you have the battle over what we do about the supposed pandemic and the uh, responses that many states and and jurisdictions are having to that pandemic and what that means for personal liberty and our way of life we have the tumult regarding our elections uh as we're seeing what happened in georgia recently we also have the tumult uh because today as we were as i was coming over here for us to record this uh joe biden decided to issue a number of executive orders on gun control yeah i haven't actually had time to look into any of that i just got a notification i've I've got a little bit going on but it's very interesting stuff because you know it's 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 going to be they're not deep cuts just yet but he's scratching the surface to see how how badly the patient screams when he hit a nerve right um so you've got all that going on you've got what's been going on culturally in other areas with um I, and we'll talk about this too. There's a little hubbub down in Arkansas about a bill that uh, the governor vetoed and the legislature overrode. And a hint: it has nothing to do with the coronavirus pandemic, but it has something to do with something much more vital. That's right. So we'll talk about that too. But again, um, Chuck, I don't know about you, but I am really starting to have a deep amount of concern about whether or not this country is going to survive as a nation in the next five years. I'm not looking at the next 20, the next 50. I'm looking, I'm thinking in the next five years. We have got so much going on out there. This, the, Our entire culture is a powder keg right now, and it's just a question of who's going to light the match or, fire the, or bust the spark that's going to light the wick and blow the thing up. Um, you've got too many different things going on. You've got the Derek Chauvin trial going on up in Minneapolis on the George Floyd death. And 
we've already had more rioting started because they don't like how how it's going because it's too slow for them to get their blood get people to get blood justice. Well, they um, they want they basically want a lynch mob. Yeah. You've got what's happening in Canada right now which could very well be coming and had come at in one sense to America with there's a church up in Alberta, Canada where the police came in, the pastor on Easter. kicked them out. So what they do, they turned around and they have now fenced in the church property and won't let anybody in. I can tell you what would happen at our church. And I don't know that my pastor would like it, but I'd be out there with a bolt cutter. Well, I mean, you can do that, but, you know, it's a situation of at what point does the church realize you're not subject to the jurisdiction That's of the culture? That's exactly what I'm saying. Well, I know what you're saying, but I, I'm also saying that we have to understand the people of God have got to understand the church is its own jurisdiction. It's it's, under it's its the own ju- yeah. it's it's its own sphere of authority. Yes, the church has never been under the state. Now, you hear all the leftists screaming about separation of church and state all the time when God's ever mentioned, like in an opening prayer uh, of a of a um, legislative body, and they scream about you know you can't use Jesus's name and everything, and that's what they mean by separation of church and state. But I gotta I gotta uh, trump them with another card. No, separation of church and state means the state's got to keep its grubby hands off the church. You can't tell them when they can open, when they can that's close, right. what they can do, how they can do it, because they are a separate jurisdiction and it has equal authority to the state. And that is so poorly understood by the church. Well, exactly. Well, that's because the church has, has labored, at least for the last century or more, under this doctrine of basically being nicer than Jesus and capitulating to the culture. We're seeing it every day. And I think that really, ultimately, of all of these storm fronts that are brewing these hurricane winds that are starting to pick up in all of these various areas that's the thing that's going to have to happen in order to calm this all down you have to be careful about about how we couch this and i'll tell you why there's a group out there called the radical two kingdomists and what they have adopted is a sort of a lutheran or hyper lutheran view of church and state in other words that not only are are we is the church not under the jurisdiction of the state, but that they should remain totally separate spheres and, and spheres and have nothing to do with one another. That's not what we're. Uh, I've heard Michael Horton say that the, you know the church runs to Uncle Sam to they cry Uncle yeah and then he puts in parentheses Sam. Well, in in partial. Partial, that is true. Yeah, it is. But his viewpoint is is that we should just completely have nothing to do with it at all. And it, that is also an errant notion. How is that working for the Amish? It works okay for them up to a point. Yeah, I was going to say, but it, do, if it doesn't work in, in the larger sense because ultimately, unless the church, the prophetic voice of God, is speaking into the sphere of, of, of jurisdiction of the civil authority in order to call them to the standard by which they have been established, which is the word of God, to reward good and punish, punish evil, evil, as, as yeah. Romans 13 says, and, uh, or to hate the evil and love the good, as Amos 5.15 says. Those have to, The point is, is that if the civil authority is completely secular, they don't have that as a basis. No. 
And so what they have is love love those who give you lots of campaign dollars and who want to go and you know mutilate your children and hate those who basically say, hey, you've got responsibility here and that's not part of it. And the church has got to be the one who steps in and says that. Now, does that mean that the church runs a government? No, I'm not talking about an ecclesiocracy. Okay, right. I'm not talking about what you have in uh, at Vatican City, for, <laughs> for instance. You know, you don't have the papal authorities being the civil authority specifically, and saying that you know that we have a one national religion or you know one way of worship, and that is the national you know law. Um, you have worship of God. But you have the church speaking prophetically into the sphere, just like they speak prophetically into the family. Right. Just like they speak prophetically into the rest of the culture, they have to speak prophetically into the civil sphere. Because if they do not, then the civil sphere will follow whatever it wants to follow, which if you understand, there are there's only we live in a in an either or society, Chuck. We right. live, we live in a black and white. Or as you were talk, as we talked offline, we live in a uh, basically. There's only two genders. There's only two sexes. There's That's only right. there's only right and wrong. There isn't right, wrong, and maybe. You can't live in the world of maybe where ah eh, we'll pay lip service to both sides, but we really are neutral. There is no such thing as neutrality. Neutrality folks. is a myth. Neutrality is a myth, but that's been the problem with most of our churches is they've been trying to stay neutral all this time in order not to offend anybody. And look where it's gotten the church. Uh, it's gotten them to the point where they're weak, anemic, and you know. And when a when a church stands up like this one in Alberta, Canada, did this pastor up in Canada who actually went to jail for defying the lockdown from the government, where are all the other churches? Oh, they're where, they're cheering where, it on. They're, where, they're cheering where, on the government. Thank goodness when the, you, when they you, required us to uh, actually obey uh, obey this. Uh, administrative dec- decree which has nothing to do with the law no it has absolutely nothing to do with the law uh, and we'll get to that in a minute too because we actually had an interesting court case that just got heard and issued this week uh, here in ohio uh, on some of that point uh so i'll talk about that a little bit later too but to start off chuck i mean here we are and we are experiencing some people would say birth pangs you know that our culture is changing and it's it's evolving and you know we're going to become more enlightened and more woke and more just as a matter of fact whereas many of us look at it and say no what we're becoming is desensitized anemic and ultimately going to be denying Christ and denying truth in order to go along to get along we have to determine right now folks where we're going to stand are you going to stand with truth, or are you going to basically go with the with the cultural appeasement movement? You can't have both. And and trust me, if today they're putting fencing up around a church because you're defying a government order, tomorrow they're putting the fencing up around your house and not letting you go out because somehow you're not the kind of person that the culture wants to have uh, circulating in polite society because your ideas are wrong. You know, you may think that uh, you know you know may believe in traditional marriage. You may believe in traditional roles of the sexes. You actually may believe in biology, for goodness' sakes. Well, why do you think the government is so bent? Uh, certain elements, not all of it, certain elements of the government government are so bent on gun confiscation. Oh yes. If if you are armed, 
And, folks, this is why yeah. you why the Second Amendment exists. This has nothing to do with deer hunting. No. The Second Amendment exists, so if the government comes and puts a fence around your house to either not let you out or not let you in it, you have the, the right if and the duty to protect what God has given you from a, a tyrant. The fact is, Romans 13 does not say that whoever's in the office is the guy who's got the job and you have to listen and obey. It's not so subtly nuanced in, that says if he's an evildoer and a tyrant, he abrogates the job. He no longer has it. He is out of office. It, it's it's part of our heritage, um, you know, as, as a new uh, attempt to bring around a con con comes about i go back and review things well one of the reasons that uh uh there had to be a parliament convention in uh in the 1640s and the 1680s is because the king abrogated his position by being a tyrant in the first case he got his head cut off in the second case they ran him out of the country Yep. Therefore, absolutely. there was no king, and there was no king in parliament, and they had to form a convention and appoint somebody who would respect the rights of Englishmen. And in that case, the, their history was concurrent with ours. Mm-hmm. The fact is that um, there is a time when you are right to use force to protect yourself from tyranny. Yes. But you have to really be biblically well-versed to understand when that is. Absolutely do. You know, it's it's not running off all by yourself. It's actually forming a new government. Oh, you, it is. You, you, perf- you have to form some form of governmental authority under the authority of Christ to be legitimate. You can't just go in and have anarchy, which is what we have a lot of people who like the idea of anarchy because then you don't have to do it. You know, you don't have to pay taxes. You don't have mm-hmm. to do this. You don't have to do that. That Those are short-lived uh, at best. Yep. Um, despite what uh, certain elements in the libertarian community, certain of the more radical elements in the libertarian community will tell you, uh, um, anarchy doesn't work. All right. It creates uh, tyranny. It, it can go nowhere but tyranny. Yep. That's right. People begin to demand order. How do you get order? You bring in a strong man to suppress the uh, forces of uh, chaos. Until they decide they don't like the strong man, they look for somebody to take out the strong man to do something else. Yeah, and see, that's where we're headed. Unfortunately, what we're headed for, uh, I've had uh, people close to me saying, you know, when the whole election mess was going on, um, don't you want the military to step in and make sure that the... the, uh, um, that the election was done properly, and I said, no, and neither do you. Oh, absolutely not. And they said, what do you mean? And I said, do you understand you're setting yourself up for a South American-style, quote-unquote, republic? Right. Where the military, the colonels get together, and they don't like what the generals are doing, and the and the people at the head of government, they remove them, and then they, they uh, rule as a junta. That's right. And then a strong man comes out of the junta, and then uh, he dismisses the colonels, and voila, you've got a dictator. You have a benevolent dictator who then becomes a full dictator. Yeah, yes. exactly. It's it's happened over and over and over and over and over again. That is the road path. Currently, we're sort of headed down. Uh, it, it's starting to feel that way. Yeah. I, I've never really ever in my entire adult life ever really thought of America as being on the path of a third world country. 
but we're really starting to those fault lines are starting to show and it's as the church abandons its authority and duty to teach the word of christ and to apply it to all of life well absolutely absolutely um and you know and we got to get back to that now you know you mentioned the whole thing with you know taking away firearms and things of that nature well today like i said joe biden just put out a series of executive orders uh, to do basically to start doing just that um and basically the four uh executive actions that they call uh were initiatives in 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 four different areas and i'm reading this off of this is from breitbart news uh today uh awr hawkins hawkins who does all their stuff on second right. amendment uh is talking this basically said that the, the the restrictions were on there were new restrictions on quote-unquote ghost guns you know what a ghost gun is? Jared? I know exactly what it is. I, I've been considering doing it myself. It, you, it, you buy a you buy a body in the upper, yeah, and you basically manufacture it yourself. Yep. Well, there's that. A push for red flag laws. They're basically going to create a national model to try to push out to the states to get them to push red flag, which means they're going to be putting the threat of removing federal uh, grants and monies from states if they don't pass them. So just expect that, folks. And, of course, because most state legislatures and most state executives uh, have basically mainline federal dollars, and if you look at Ohio's budget, right. um, a good 40-plus percent of our entire budget federal, is federal money. Gee, do you think if they said they're going to cut off 40% of our state budget that our policymakers would have the uh, backbone in order to say, well, we don't need that 40 and we're going to keep our freedoms, or are they going to roll over and put red flag laws in place? Honestly, they don't have the backbone to maintain our freedom with the 40%. But, you know, there's a funny thing about red flag laws, Chuck. There are places that already have them in effect, like Colorado, who's had it in effect since 2020. They don't work. What, 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 oh, I'm sorry. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What just happened last month in Colorado? Oh, Mass right. shooting where the... All of the signs were there on the guy, but somehow he escaped scrutiny. He escaped scrutiny. Wow. Gee. Well, because With red flag laws. Okay, but he wasn't white. Well, that's true. I, I'm that's sorry true. to bring it up that way, but the fact is, he wasn't white, and therefore he wasn't a threat. the The left has a has a weird thing that on, the only mass shooters are white. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Well, and that was the whole meme that came out immediately after the shooting was reported, where all of these leftist journalists and Hollywood types all screaming about how it was so it was too easy for white guys to get guns until they found out that the guy was Muslim and was a Middle Easterner. Uh oh, oh, that kind of blew that whole meme. Some of them doubled down on stupid and just said, "Well, okay, yeah, well, if it if if he if he okay. if it'd been somebody else, then you would have been you know doing this, that, and the other." It's like, okay, come on. Remember the Trayvon Martin case? Yes, I do. The white Hispanic. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. Every, uh, everything. Every everything that you want to you want to marginalize becomes white. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Going back to Biden. So the next thing is a recategorization of AR-15 pistols. They don't like the fact that you can buy like a, sh- a shoulder stock mount or a stabilizer for an AR-15 pistol. They want to recategorize them under the National Firearms Act as short-barreled rifles, which basically means they're illegal to have. And if the sh- if the barrel's under eighteen the inches, diff- if the barrel's under eighteen inches, you can't you can't have them. The difference between a short-barreled rifle and a pistol is usually the size of the cartridge. Size of the cartridge, yeah, and that's the only difference. Uh, it takes yep. a two twenty three instead of a uh, instead of a nine or a forty five or a fifty or um, yep. you know uh, name the caliber. 
Oh, yeah. And they also want to have DOJ, uh, Department of Justice-led research into gun trafficking. Well, the DOJ should have plenty of experience in that because wasn't it the DOJ under the BATF that was involved deeply in the trafficking uh, of guns through Mexico that ended up costing lives of uh, yes. Amer- American law enforcement officials? What was the name of that? Um, uh, Fast that and Furious. Fast and Furious. The Fast and Furious operation. The, the uh, DOG uh, directed the uh, BATF yeah. to uh, traffic guns to Mexico. Right. <laughs> All the Tra- stupid things. And, uh, and trace them. Right. Uh, what they were trying to prove was that American dealers were involved in the chain, and all they proved was is that uh, cartel guys wanted nothing to do with American dealers. They were selling them direct to, yes, they to, were. to radicals. Um, oops. And meantime, they got um, border agents murdered. Yep, exactly, exactly. So to having the DOJ in charge of investigating gun trafficking... Isn't that kind of like letting the fox uh, guard the hen house? Um, <laughs> a little bit, yeah. I mean, they, they they do have more experience than probably about just about anybody else in the country about how to, how to traffic guns and actually lose them and have them fall into the wrong hands and have oh. them create chaos. But, you know, so here's the deal. But, you know, so Biden's out there positing, because obviously this is one of his campaign promises to his radical supporters, was we're going to get rid of all those nasty firearms that are killing everybody. I got news for you. There hasn't been a single firearm that's killed a single person. That's right. But there have been people who load a firearm with a bullet and point it at somebody and pull a trigger. That person has killed that other person. Right. The tool or the implement they used isn't the thing that... I mean, that would that would be like saying, uh, you know, a your dining room fork has killed a lot of people from obesity, so we need to ban forks. Well, yeah. That's, you know, the Bible has the perfect example, and that is you're swinging an axe and the head comes off and kills the man who's working with you. It's not considered murder. No. It's an accident. It was an accident. But, but, you know, was the axe culpable for killing the person? It's just a tool. It's an inanimate inanimate object. That's right. But, you know, again, we got to have this whole situation, Chuck, where we make a boogeyman out of something. We marginalize somebody because our ultimate goal is we need to get guns out of the hands of law-abiding citizens because they may use them to defend themselves against tyranny. Yeah. So we're going to have to create... What we do is we say if you're an otherwise law-abiding citizen who has a firearm, we're going to make you... We're going to basically push the laws and tighten it up until you become a criminal so that then we can take your firearms away from you. Yeah. Um, I got news for him. It doesn't stop crime. It, it won't stop. It won't lessen the number of shootings. It won't lessen the number of violent crimes that take place that are gun related. And I'm going to posit a, a thought here. I don't think it's going to reduce the number of mass shootings that happen in this country because the vast majority of those mass events happen because somebody is having mental health issues. And they go on a rampage. Now, where do they get the firearms? It doesn't matter where they get They can get them anywhere, okay? Right. Hey, you could probably just... You, there are some who went in and filled out all their paperwork and turned it in and did their waiting period, got their guns, and then went out and used them. The mysterious Las Vegas shooter. Bingo. Exactly. That's exactly where I was going to. With um, the guys who we still don't know. All, we have Some of us have read into it. Pardon the conspiracy theory. Uh, the uh, the guy was a quote unquote professional gambler, 
and it appeared he was deeply in debt to someone. Well, gosh, while that whole mess was going on and every cop in Las Vegas was at the scene, two casinos got hit for multiple million-dollar holdups. Mm-hmm. Why? Cops were distracted. I wonder how they got distracted, and I wonder how the guy, you know, why, what happened with the guy, and it all clammed up, and nobody's talking about it. Normally, uh, they sing it to the high heavens when they they wanted it desperately to be a right wing radical. Yep, and it turned out that the guy was probably a well, at least left wing sympathetic. This happens every time someone is a left wing sympathetic. Like think about the Colorado shooter we just brought up. All right, uh, the reason why um, it it has fallen into into disuse and nobody's really talking about it he wasn't useful to the narrative okay same thing with the las vegas guy yep it fit an entirely different narrative than than was being woven right therefore we can't use it therefore it fades away right exactly oh we can't use that oh that does that doesn't work for us well, you know, you've got that. You've got all these things. But, you know, like, let's take, like, cities like Portland and other places who basically, like, we're going to defund the cops and we're going to do all this fun stuff because, you know, hey, it, it, it's police that are creating the violence. What are they doing right now? Well, not only some of them have been saying, hey, hey, we need to get the cops back, but they're not going, they're not doing it because of too many radicals on their city council. They're actually putting $1.4 million into having unarmed yes, patrols, counselors. <laughs> counselors out there to try to combat gun violence that has escalated in their city since they started defunding their police force. Gee, Chuck, does idiocy beget idiocy? I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for, to see how, statistically how many of these people end up shot. Well, I would I would posit a thing that every one of those city council members have to take have to take their round of being the people who are out there as the unarmed councilors in the middle of a gun zone. Well, do you know what these people do though? These government types essentially hire private security yep. at taxpayer expense, right? Rather than having a non-existent police department come in and and guard your residence, they hire privates. Um far better armed than the cops generally speaking yep um to come in and and say it's an absolute necessity because there's too many nuts out there well yes and some of them are in charge of governments yeah that's true the fact is that uh i I, uh, here's their statement i you elected me that means you think i am an elite and therefore, I have different treatment than you have. Mm-hmm. Now, should we view a go- someone whom we've elected to office as uh, someone who perhaps is more talented or has, uh, you know, ha- does have a form of anointing for that task? Yes, we should up to a point until they prove that they they are not worthy of it. And that usually happens usually like within the first six months. Yet what happens? They continue to be um, reelected. Well, how does that happen? Uh, do a study of the Roman Empire sometimes, see how Julius Caesar came to power. He bought what amounted to popular uh, support. He would come in and give away, he would promise huge amounts of money and he would go conquer 
territories outside the Roman Empire, bring him into the empire, bring in the huge riches, mostly for himself because the conqueror got appointed governor. And then he handed out the money to the Roman masses. And what did he ensure himself? At the end, when they stabbed him to death, he had basically declared himself king without calling himself that. Absolutely. Um, he was sitting on a golden throne in the Senate and basically appointing who he wanted to as the consuls. And uh, they would do anything he said. And, yep. the, and the old conservative senators finally got together and said, the only way to get rid of this guy is to kill him. Then they had to hide because he was so popular that they wanted to kill these conservative yeah. senators. Well, how did it, how'd that happen? Did the people not realize that our actual freedoms were being taken? Yes, and they didn't care. That's partly what's wrong, and mm-hmm. that's partly the fault of the church for not teaching because that's exactly what happened in a lot of the Old Testament that I want to be popular. I want to, I want to make sure I maintain popularity so we're going to give things away. We're going to conquer these people and take their things and distribute them. Yep. Folks, it's evil. And that's what's going on in the United States government with this idea of quote-unquote corporate taxation. Tax the rich. Um, All you got to do, if you want to see what the coming trends are that they're going to be talking about, uh, I, I don't subscribe, but read what you can from the New York Times because they're already coming out with articles talking about how corporate taxation is actually taxation of the wealth of, of the wealthy. Mm-hmm. It's not. No, it's taxation of the people who buy the who buy the products. That's right, Be- because businesses pass along their costs. That's exactly it. That's basic economic. I think that's our problem, Chuck. Most of these officials don't ha- don't even understand basic economics. No, they don't. Under- I, I was talking to somebody on the way over here today who was uh, you know bemoaning why many of our Ohio legislators don't understand that we have things in our constitution like a health care freedom amendment that basically says you can't be forced to into a health care system, i.e., you can't be forced to line up to take a vaccination against your will. And I looked at my laugh. I said, most of these people don't know that we have a constitution. They have no idea what it says. They've never read it. They're right. not required to. It's not part of job training for them. You know, it's like when Congress, you know, a couple times when John Boehner was speaker, oh, they opened every session of Congress by standing there up the well and reading through the Constitution of the United States. Great. You were just reading it. And then five minutes after you got done reading it, you started passing laws that violated, violated it. Violated it. Yeah. That, that up, on the face of it, violated it. Um, you know, and the other, and they've been in, enabled and emboldened by courts who have taken it upon themselves to become super legislatures to basically undermine the legislative authority against, uh, you know, the executive and or the judicial authority and who basically arrogate to themselves that they have the ability to tell a legislature how a law should be a law, much less enforcement. That's not their job. Their job is to interpret the laws as to how they fit with the Constitution of the United States. And if they fit with the Constitution, then they're a valid law. If it doesn't fit, then you need to fix it. Not, oh, you didn't go far enough, or we wanted the law to say this, which is what you get oftentimes with many of these court decisions. Now, we just had a court decision that came out late Tuesday night, Chuck. It was from Ashland County. Uh, an area that's near and dear to us because our late uh, dear friend, Dr. Mark Hamilton, lived up there. And uh, you had a court that just basically ruled there's a little restaurant up there in the in the Ashland area called Cattleman's Restaurant. 
And the Cattleman's Restaurant basically has decided since the get-go that the government didn't have any right to tell them how to or require them to force their patrons to do certain things like wear masks, etc., in order to be served. Right? Well, you know, the health department, uh, the county health department, public safety, BWC, all of the, the investigate, all of the, the junior Gestapo that our governor has been using and trying to or, or enforce his, you know, his, corona, his coronavirus edicts um, were used against cattlemen's. Well, cattlemen's went to court. They got a temporary restraining order, so they were right back open. They stayed open. Well, Tuesday, the judge ruled, and he basically ruled that the state, whether it's Department of Health or the executive, has absolutely no constitutional authority under 3701.13, which is the health pandemic order, right. to shut a business down or to force them to do something in order to isolate or quarantine someone for in the midst of a pandemic. Oops. Yeah. Now, the problem is, is that the state's, the way the state's been handling these cases, when they lose in a court, they don't challenge it. They pretend. Because if they yeah. don't challenge it, then it's on, then, then the ruling only impacts that area or that county. If they challenge it and it goes to the district court level and they lose there, then it, 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 it's a multiple county region. Because I think Ohio has 12 district, or no, excuse me, 10 district court regions, so which encompass somewhere in the neighborhood of seven to eight counties a piece there's yeah. a couple that are okay. bigger a couple are smaller but our district courts uh and then the ohio supreme court well they don't want to lose any of these cases higher than because if they can do it if they if they only lose right. in a single county okay yeah well we can't be as hard on well we'll still be hard on enforcement on other businesses who aren't paying attention in that same county we can still sit there with our little uh you know grade school color-coded map and say oh look you're been bad you're red now and you are you can't do all these things. Judge said, "No, nah, no." Now the problem is, is that he didn't get to the issue of nullifying the orders themselves. He just basically said they don't have the constitutional authority to enforce them. Well, that's a win, but it's only a small win. Yeah, it doesn't go all win, the way, but it's a win nonetheless. Yeah. Um, the facade's cracking. Of course, the legislature passed and then overrode Governor DeWine's veto on Senate Bill 22, which is a which is a measure to allow the assembly to be able to come in and rescind health orders of this nature and not allow them to go past so many days without getting justification as right. to why they should be extended, and then have the re reserve the right to decide whether they get extended or not. People moaned and groaned about this. There was all kinds of kerfluffle. Ultimately, at the end of the day. The Senate and the House both override the governor's veto on it, and the and it will come, become effective in June, okay? Because they didn't have enough votes for an emergency clause. So it has to wait 90 days. Now, what happened after they overrode the veto was that the governor has now turned around and, like, at the end of last week, beginning of this week, issued new orders to consolidate all of the existing health orders. Now... I have to, I have yet to finish reading through them. I'll just admit I haven't got a chance to read through them all because I've been kind of busy with reading a bunch of other stuff that's been going on, which some of it we can talk about in a minute. But the point is, is that what they're going to try to do is they're going to try to find a way around the inevitable, which is that the assembly will have the authority to shut their orders down because they're going to consolidate everything into like a single order, and there's going to be something in there probably that's going to be throwing a bone that will help some portion of industry or something 
that if the legislature overrides it, then you're, they're going to have like a massive kerfluffle on their hands because, oh, who knows, the Manufacturers Association or the Chamber of Commerce will go ballistic because, well, if you override these orders, then this is going to cost us so much money or whatever. I can see it coming right now. Uh, conversely, I think probably the week before these are supposed to go into effect, there's going to be a lawsuit that's going to be filed against them, challenging them in court. So you can tie them up for a while so that you can keep pushing it on. I, I already saw something, and honestly, it was on Facebook. I, I saw it in about 30 seconds. So I'm not going to say one thing or the other about it, but there may be some things. They're already making some noises about summertime activities in Ohio <laughs> and what is and isn't going to be available, including the state fair. <laughs> I, I kid you not. I'm sad to say it, but I kid you not. Look, the the death rate on this thing has been plummeting for months. They they're trying to take credit for the vaccine which has nothing to do with the death rate. Yep. Um the fact is that what happens is these quote-unquote variants. Yep. Are if you go back folks and listen to our show from I think April. Listen to a couple of our shows from April. Yes. They're posted at www.principledpolicy.com. Just go back to some of the shows that we did. And we talked about what happens to these uh coronaviruses. They mutate every time they go through another person they mutate a little bit and eventually what they do is they mutate themselves into a weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker form that's true that's where we are these quote-unquote new variants all the new variants are not getting the job done for the virus the the death rates are down the infection rates are are down hospitalization rates are down supposedly there are more more cases well uh we can't go into that the the, the case quote-unquote case count uh-huh is completely bogus uh yeah and it's it's getting more bogus as the days and it's go going more yeah because everything you know you've heard all along uh we've we've gone over this you can go back and listen to shows from recent days the fact is you know this idea that somehow we wiped out the regular flu with uh, hand sanitizer and and a face mask is simply beyond laughable that's not what happened we counted every case of the regular flu as covid period uh, that's, that's what happened yeah we did not have a flu season this year we had a flu season that was basically mischaracterized as something completely different exactly. because there was money behind that right uh there was money behind there was every hospital that that found a case of covid got extra money if they got you got put on a ventilator if you got admitted they got extra money if you got put on a ventilator they got a lot of extra money and if you died not only the hospital but the undertaker got extra money which was why undertakers were encouraging people who may have shot themselves in the head to say it was because they had covid-19 wow and i've known i have read the uh not testimony, not sworn, but the statements by people who said the undertaker virtually came to us and begged us to call this a COVID-19 death because they got more money. Mm -hmm. They said, you'll get a better funeral out of it. And I'm like, a better funeral. What is a better funeral? <laughs> I was going to say for the person, having just experienced one, right. I, I don't believe that there is such a thing as a better funeral. I can remember, you know, when my dad died, we were sort of like, oh, don't you want to get this and this and this? I, we actually had a funeral director that said, look, don't spend all your money on, we can give you this if this is what you want. You know, the the velvet lined 
um, you know, uh, with a zinc liner and all this other stuff. He goes, don't waste your money on that. Um, you know, you've gonna, you're going to have bills to pay and blah, blah, blah. Don't just plan, uh, put them in the ground with as little mm-hmm. a, as you can get away with. And, you know, we'll, we'll make it nice for you. And they did. They did a good job. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, they did get extra money. For, if When you start looking into who got extra money uh, and the reactions that are going on, I, I knew someone who had to go to the health department for something. Mm-hmm. And this this person, oh, have you had your vaccine yet? Right. And they said, no. Well, would you like it? No, I'm not going to take it. Why not? Because there is no long-term safety data on this thing. We have no idea if it's actually safe. Well, first of all, it's not a vaccine. No, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to say that every it's time. It's not a vaccine. It's not a vaccine. It's a chemotherapy. It's, yeah. a, it's a gene. It's a, an experimental gene therapy. But that being said, this person at the health department said, uh, I'm going to clean it up, said WTF. Oh, my. Using the actual word. Right. Um. And uh, this person was so taken aback, they didn't really know how to answer that particular. That's what you're getting. You are some kind of crazed nut job if you will not go and take a virus, a, a quote unquote vaccine for a virus that has basically is in the verge of pooping out. Um, and. Um, it was a, it's an experimental gene therapy that was only authorized on an emergency basis. It's not a general vaccination, folks. Wake up. That's right. That's right. And uh, look, you do what you need to do. Uh, it made a world of, my My mother-in-law, who lives with me, went and got the thing. Um, what's it done for? Psychologically, it has lifted her out completely of the doldrums. But that's a bad reason to take... And what could be very well be an unsafe uh, vaccine or gene therapy. Right. It's not a vaccine. It's gene therapy. Well, we've had a number of people who've taken it, and then within a certain number of days or within a couple of weeks have died of of alternative things like heart attacks and and other things that an otherwise completely healthy person whose medical record doesn't show anything of that nature being a potential problem. Who are suddenly dropping down. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's happening, It increases in Guillain-Barre syndrome. Uh, increases yes. in neuropathies, increases in numerous things. Autoimmune, autoimmune, autoimmune disorders. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Folks, we haven't even seen the tip of the iceberg yet because this was an untested therapy that you are now the experimental group. You're the guinea pigs. You're the guinea pigs. Yeah. Um, thank you, but no. Um, thank you, but no, I'm not going to be carrying a card around saying I am, I, I've taken it. I'm not going to be carrying a card around saying that I don't want to take it. Okay. I am going to live my life. You live yours. If you want to shoot, you want to get the shot, go find a place and get the shot. I'll take care of mine. Uh, but don't tell me I need to go get the shot or I'm threatening you somehow because if you got the shot, then you're covered, right? If you're vaccinated, then I shouldn't be a threat to you being unvaccinated. That's exactly right. It's always been that logic, and this has been with the mumps, the measles, small, all these other diseases where we've started this meme. And you remember, this started back about 2015 where we really started pushing this meme between the vaccinated and the great unwashed, unvaxxed, anti-vaxxers. Anti-vaxxers. Yeah, that whole phrasing started coming up. Why? 
Well, it could just so happen that 2015 was exactly the same year that the patent on the Wuhan virus was issued. It makes you think a little bit. Yeah. I'm not going to say that there's a direct connect there. Anti-vaxxer, it makes you think. Anti-vaxxer is essentially a, a, a way of uh, making sure that you don't become one of the lemmings who won't jump, jump okay, off the here, cliff. Okay, here's the deal. I'm not an anti-vaxxer because I'm not telling you if you want to get, get a vaccination, you can't have one. I am being, I'm pro-choice uh, in this respect. I am pro-bodily autonomy. I am pro, yeah. I need to make my own medical health decisions for myself. And those are the biggest impacts I can have is making those decisions for myself. If I decline a to take a vaccination, I'm not anti-vax and I'm not refusing to help you and your health. I'm exercising my right to choose for myself. But in this new environment we're in, Charles, what everybody else wants you to do for them becomes a mandatory requirement. What you want to preserve for yourself becomes selfishness right? against this culture who are basically being led by the supposed experts that they have no idea where their expertise is from. They don't have no idea what their expertise is in. They don't know what interests they have. I, it's sort of like when we, te- we used to teach Institute on the Constitution, we get to the chapter about how George Washington wasn't a uh, demigod because he had a lot of interests, including the Potomac Company, were generating all kinds of, of, of problems. And, and Well, we threw that actually, in actually, on our own, yeah. Well, we threw that in on our own, but the point is that he, he basically profited from it financially oh you would thought we've spit in god's face uh to to say that george washington didn't walk on water and 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 had angels wings to uh understand that go to the Capitol and look and go in the dome and look straight up what's the paint what's the painting on the top of the Uh, of george washington sitting there looking like god on the the throne the apotheosis of george washington Washington, which is frankly idol worship it is um so you know it's it's just ridiculous but okay but that's the whole problem is You've got people now that, oh, if you say anything critical about Anthony Fauci because he actually owns uh, interest in some of these patents and he's making money off of this thing, oh, all of a sudden you're anti-science. No, I'm critically thinking, thank you very much. Some You should try it sometime. Well, there, there, there are... Uh the Some of the money that went from the NIH to that lab in Wuhan mm-hmm. was unauthorized money. Oh, absolutely was. Um, that came out of a of a report from not too long ago in front of a congressional committee. They said, "No, this is this was not money that we allocated for that." Well, and and another thing is too, if you look very carefully at some of the non mainstream media in the last year, what you're going to find is stories that the mainstream media buried about certain university American university professors at key universities being arrested for espionage for handing over information to chinese agents and all of them chuck funny similar theme they all seem to be epidemiologists or virologists yeah hmm in the last couple of years that they've you know you had this big break at harvard where they were a, a microbiologist got arrested because his lab assistants turned out to be red chinese army Officers oh yeah, well, who were in there as his lab assistants? Um, the uh, um, you know Eric Swalwell ends up uh, um, with a an aide who is in the in the pay of the Chinese government 
and is, uh, well, we don't think she passed any information. Of course mm-hmm. she passed information. Who are you kidding? Yep. Plus, he was in a relationship with this woman. When I say relationship, you know what I mean. Yep. Um, but the fact is that um, um, this whole mess, uh, we all know that this was probably a bioweapon research problem project that got out of hand now here's the deal if you were building a bioweapon to uh to create as much uh true physical harm as possible yeah this was a lousy candidate because it's 99.98 percent survivable yep that's o- over across the board right the average age of death with this thing is 79 years old yep that means that over 50% of the people that got it were 79 or over. That's true. The fact is we can all find uh, cases where somebody younger than that and virtually all of them have some other problem. That's right. But let's go let's go out for a minute. Are there people on the inside who are naysaying on that on this whole the whole broader picture? There's an article I'm reading off LifeSite uh, exclusive former Pfizer vice president. Your government is lying to you in a way that could lead to your death. Mm-hmm. And basically, what he's saying is, uh, um, his main points: there's no possibility that current variants of COVID-19 will escape immunity. It's just a lie. What's going on in the vaccine makers? They're making booster shots. Yes, so that you can go get your booster, right. your follow-up because booster. Because it isn't a one and done. It's, it's it, unlike natural immunity that you get from like natural exposure, which could be lifetime permanent immunity. This is like it's like the flu shot. Every year, oh, we got a new variant. You got to come out and get a new flu shot and pay yeah. us money for it. Well, and basically, what he's saying is, governments around the world are using this as a lever. Yes, they are. Now, why would governments use this as a lever? Why do they want you to to acquiesce and go get a shot that probably really will do nothing except make you sicker? Uh, I mean, that's a matter of opinion. I agree. I'm not stating a fact. Okay, I'm going to state something that may be unpopular. Two of the three biggest contributors to political campaigns happen to be the pharmaceutical industry and the medical industry. Yeah. Put it there and think about it. We watched the health freedom bill that we were working on in uh, in the Ohio uh, legislature, legislature yeah. uh, get tripped up by my state rep. Right. Exactly. Who he, was the swing vote on that bill. Who and, lied to me and said she was going to vote for it. And didn't just lie to you. Lied she to lied you, to everybody. Lied to me. Lied to the sponsor of the bill who happened to be in leadership in her caucus. She lied to the chairman. Lied to the chairman of the committee. Basically told us, I'm voting yes, walks in the room, and less than two minutes later votes, votes no, no and kills the bill. Yeah. After telling everybody she was a yes vote. Who was in the pocket of? The pharmaceutical industry That's and, right. and uh, Ohio Health. Ohio Health. Who I th- she may be lobbying for at this point. Oh, I don't know. And frankly, I haven't seen her around, so I'm kind of glad. Of yeah. That, so. she, I heard. I did hear she went into... To, uh, to lobby. To lobby. Oh, of course. Of course. Well, that's where, the real money, that's where the real money is. That's where the money is. I mean, my brother and I were talking about John Boehner today. Oh, yeah. Boehner's that's still out there, uh, you know, uh, sort of slurring, still slurring his words and saying stupid things about conservatives um, from his comfy place at, in K Street. That's right. 
um, K Street. Where he's lobbying for uh, marijuana legalization. Marijuana legalization. Yeah. That's his current uh, thing. But the, but this fellow who's vice president says uh, governments around the world are repeating this lie, indicating that we are witnessing not just convergent opportunism, but a conspiracy. Uh, you may take that uh, as you will. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, media outlets and big tech platforms are committed to the same propaganda and the censorship of truth. And that's true. If you speak out against this, in any kind of a serious format, you know, a large, uh, large traffic format, you're censored. You cannot. Period. You right. can't put. You can't put it out on on YouTube. You can't put it out on Facebook. You can't put it out. Uh, you can't get it on Google. Period. Pharmaceutical companies have already begun to develop unneeded top up booster vaccines. The companies are planning to manufacture billions of vials. Billions of vials, folks. Now you're getting it for free for the most part. You get your you get you can get your uh, gene therapy for th- for mm-hmm. free. Who pays for it? You yeah. do, whether you think so or not. Except you pay an upcharge because it all has to go through the bureaucracy. The federal government's paying for it. Uh, regulatory agencies like the U.S. FDA and the European Medicines Agency have announced that since these top-up vaccines will be so similar to the prior injections, which were approved for emergency use authorization. Drug companies will not be required to perform any clinical safety studies. Folks, you ought to be scared to death on that. Absolutely. Drug companies try to get out of safety trials, but at the same time, they try to get out in under the umbrella mm-hmm. of indemnity. Yep. They want to be indemnified from damage from anything that might happen to you from a shot that has not been properly tested. Uh, I can still remember fighting the Gardasil fight in the Ohio legislature to make sure it did not become a required vaccine. Because if it did become a required vaccine, it was automatically indemnified. Right. Indemnified the manufacturer against from, any liability against any liability lawsuit. Yep. So if you got your twelve-year-old girl uh, or boy, since that's how they're selling it these days, uh, you got them vaccinated with Gardasil and they died, which mm-hmm. did happen. No harm, no foul. Sorry. No. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Too. That's really sad. Too bad. We'll yeah. we'll put it on the list of uh, adverse reactions. But you're an anomaly. Yep. Uh, virtually, this virtually means that uh, design and implementation of repeated and coerced mRNA vaccines go from the computer screen of a pharmaceutical company into the arms of hundreds of millions of people. Yep, injecting some super, superfluous genetic sequence for which there is absolutely no need or justification. Mm-hmm. Why are they doing this? Since no benign reason is apparent, the use of vaccine passports along with a banking reset, could issue in a totalitarian totalitarianism unlike the world has ever seen. Recalling the evil of Stalin, Mao, and Hitler, mass deportation means remains a local, a logical outcome. Folks, this is... You need to understand that the only reason this is being done is to restrict your movement. Yep. Um, we warned That's against... Right. We warned against real ID... Which we now have, by the way. We we killed it in Ohio only to have it reappear. Yeah, that's right. As part of a uh, federal highway funding program, as I remember. Yep. Um, and uh, what do you know? And that would be part of your your uh, vaccine passport. Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, 
the fact is that uh, at least the fact that this could be at least could be true yep. means everyone must fight like crazy to make sure the system never forms. Folks, it's way far along. Yeah, it's way far. I mean, people were talking about this a year ago that people were saying, oh, it's a conspiracy theory. Well, gee, now they're talking federally about Fauci just came out today and said, well, the federal government won't mandate a vaccine passport. We're going to hopefully the states will do that. Remember, this is from a former VP of Pfizer who knows how this works. That's right. These guys, um, you don't get to be a vice president in a pharmaceutical company the size of Pfizer. It's huge. It's gigantic. Yeah, just it, without being part of the they don't environment. You have to under they understand how the system works, right? And they understand what the the logical endpoints are. Yep. This guy is at least being honest and saying, "Look, this is what's happening. This is what you're. This is what they're setting you up. For. This is what you're walking into. Yep. Understand uh, folks, it. Pay attention. The storm's coming." Yes. And it's hurricane-level strength. You'd better batten down the hatches and be ready to last it out. And, you know, all I can say is don't let them take your guns away. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, we we did end up uh, electing Joe Biden, supposedly, in this country with more votes than anybody ever got before. So we'll have to figure that out. Look... Okay, and now we're and now we're going to pump in tens of millions of illegal immigrants because we actually have to make up the physical bodies for those vote counts. Here's the real question, and you brought you brought this up at the beginning of, the, of yeah. the broadcast. Will people sit around and watch this time while another election is stolen in the midterm? Yeah, they will. I, sadly enough, I'm just going to say it right out. They probably will. Um, and you know what? Sadly enough, we didn't even get to the whole thing with what's going down in Arkansas with Governor Hutchinson vetoing a bill that would prohibit uh, gender transition on minors, screaming that it was against small government principles to <laughs> keep protect children from being maimed and mutilated. Now, he got roundly thrashed by Tucker Carlson on, on Fox News, and the next day the uh, at the assembly in both chambers, strongly overrode his veto in order to put the law in place. So what's happening yeah. now? Oh, you've got all kinds of Hollywood types that want to boycott uh, the state of Arkansas because of the fact that they put a law into place to say you can't do gender reassignment surgery and hormone therapy on minors. Period. 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 Yeah. Guys, when we're fighting over this, we've lost our collective minds as a culture. If we think it's even remotely justifiable and not child abuse, then a parent should have the right to convince their child they're not of the right gender and then put them through uh, radical hormone therapy and then gender reassignment surgery where their genitals are cut out and, and reformed as the supposed other sex's genitals, where they're going to be having to take uh, drugs for, uh, for the rest of their lives yeah. and dealing with forty percent higher, 48% higher suicide rates. If we don't think that's child abuse, we think that's supposedly a small government principle. We're in deep. We're in deep, deep trouble. trouble. Yeah. Uh, just along that line, just uh, this is more like for fun. Uh, Caitlyn Jenner, Bruce, the former Bruce, Bruce Jenner, Jenner is yeah. thinking about running for governor of California if there's a recall. Wonderful. Uh, just uh, just to remind you, Arnold Schwarzenegger ran in a recall and won. And won. And uh, I still remember. Uh, uh, Hugh Hewitt sitting there telling me I was going to love 
Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger yeah. is governor of California. You wait and see. Well, I'm still waiting to see. Also, I have a mea culpa to do because Barry uh, and I discussed briefly Christy Noem's veto of the uh, North Dakota legislative bill um, to uh, essentially uh, prevent uh, guys uh, competing in events at, as gr- in girl sports. And I had heard her argument, and I've heard other arguments since, and guess what? She was wrong. She was wrong. She was wrong. So Barry was right, and I was wrong. So listen to Barry. Don't <laughs> listen to me. <laughs> that being said, you know what we think. We want to know what you think. www.principledpolicy.com. That's principledpolicy.com. And join us again next week for another Principles and Policies. <laughs>